Welcome to episode six of Closer with Simone Marie. This week I talk to Stuart and Mez from the band Life. Uh, now this was mm, just over halfway through lockdown. So obviously the things we're talking about do reflect that. And um, yeah, we find out, you know, what they've been up to and how they want to kind of embrace this period of, of still operating as a band but not being able to play out live. And um, there is a moment where we do have to battle with Mez's internet connection <laughs> above an ice cream shop. But I left that in for you guys. So uh, I hope you enjoy. And please do subscribe to get all the future episodes. I have a lot more guests coming. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, this is Life. You're listening to Simone Marie. Okay, so I am joined by 50% of life uh i've got stuart baxter and mez how are you doing guys yeah great thanks yeah thank you so much for uh coming on it's a real pleasure to, to have you on the guest this is half life <laughs> it is it is i mean how are the other guys in the band uh nick and lydia how are they doing they're okay yeah, I, think, I mean we've not seen each other in terms of hang um mm. other than maybe some uh distant dating from very apart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think everyone's doing their own little thing to, to sort of um, get through it. Um, yeah. How have you been? Just, I mean, not, not that that's a kind of easy question, but um, how are you doing? How are you both doing at the moment? Yeah, good. Um, at the moment, I'm doing well. I think I'm kind of getting to grips with everything. And it was a bit of a weird, it's just a, it's just a weird sort of like time in it where, yeah. Kind of like, for me, I'm someone that's always busy and I've spent most of my life filling my time with stuff. Mm. Um, so kind of being forced to stop has kind of had its positives as well, mm. as well as its negatives. So, but obviously at the same time, you know, and there's people related to me that have died, you know, because of COVID and oh my God, there's so people sorry. that are ill and um, yeah. my, my partner, she's, you know, she works for the NHS. And mm -hmm. she knows, you know, a lot of our friends are in that world. So it's kind of like this really weird juxtaposition of kind of chilling out, but also panicking. Mm. Yeah, it's really strange. And I'm really sorry to hear that, um, that you've been so sort of directly affected by it. How are you, um, how are you bearing up, Miss? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, I think the, the most surreal part of it for me was trying to escape from New York, I think. Because um, we, yeah. we were literally... Uh, out in America, and we were due to be there for another t another week and a half to play shows uh -huh. in Austin and Dallas and and places mm. like that. Um, but obviously, COVID sort of hit New York at, whilst we were there, and it was mm. everyone was scrambling for flights to get home. So for me, it was about getting home to see my little boy, uh, yeah, uh, and and stuff like that. Um, and then since since the lockdown, I've just sort of tried to embrace it as much as I can in terms of just. Um, doing uh keeping to a routine and that kind of thing which has helped me um i think like Stu said it's had its positives because i think we were so busy um mm. we've been so busy for like a year and a half now like we're actually supposed to be on tour and like that's that's it's 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 so surreal not to be out on in the road on the road but um you know it's been like a way of also reflecting on what we've already achieved and and what we need to do next uh, but, yeah, I mean, it must feel strange because 
the kind of the drama and that the sort of fear and anxiety of having to suddenly rush back and, and all this kick off because it it's almost like we, there was a sort of faint suggestion of it and people were talking about it and I remember seeing videos on YouTube about um, people uh, posting what it was like in Wuhan and it just looked so futuristic and so dystopian yeah, yeah. and they they were it was quite a risk for them to make, like upload those those videos from China and sit, like show all the empty streets you just think oh that's so far removed and then you know literally a few weeks later it was like exactly the same here yeah it's that classic yeah. thing in it of like what it's like watching the news and we're in that world where you're just kind of seeing it and you're going oh that'll never happen to me and it it won't really affect us in our country along with other countries like us like america and stuff that kind of it was really arrogant about it like oh well we'll be fine yeah. we, we, we nothing can harm us because we're we're great britain you know like and it's like really arrogant and really ignorant as well but i think like for 2020 it feels like it's weird because it's like 2020 as a year, as a number, mm. kind of feels really futuristic. I remember growing up watching films where it said like 2020 was going to be like, you know, this mad dystopian world. Yeah. Right. And then the, as soon as 2020 landed, like I was in Australia and that's when like the, the world was on fire. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then this I has mean, happened and it feels it? like so weird. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like we haven't really had a chance to just sort of, get into the year at all it's just been like trauma after trauma yeah but it kind of feels like this is life now you know what i mean like that yeah. interesting piece i read about this guy saying you know about about dealing with like massive crises and actually acknowledging it and but he's like saying that people have got to realize that the future and life won't ever be the same again like it won't go back right. to normal there's just, there isn't no going back to normal it's just going to change and it's going to adapt and it's going to be and we have to all have to give ourselves time to deal with that mentally as well you know and like actually just be okay with it and find a way of living through it without you know affecting our mental health too much yeah i'm really i'm really with you on that i think the impact of people's psychology and mental health is um i'm not saying it's being overlooked but i think there are going to be repercussions of it for a long time i think we're in it right now and we're just kind of managing to cope yeah. or trying to cope from day to day but like the repercussions of that are pretty severe you know uh, all of our instincts are kind of blocked and yeah. you know you literally can't go near people in the street or you can't sort of see someone you recognize and hug them or help someone cross the road. like you can't help an elderly person cross the road no and what, no, what's happening if you're homeless you know what what what, what exactly you... well, yeah. nothing nothing yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. Well, i thought about this the other day you know because um the isolation that comes with homelessness and, and obviously um you know the only point of contact you have if you're if you're sleeping rough on the streets is the general public really and the rest of the homeless community but exactly. i mean we've all seen the pictures of the of, of the desolate streets of london and soho and, and all other parts of the country and that must be so bizarre you know yeah. and uh, i guess you know a lot of homeless people are relying on you know change from strangers and and you know the kind of being able to be helped out and having charities kind of um physically help them it's uh I think we're, it's it's quite a luxury for us, isn't it, to sort of yeah. be able to cope. If we've got a place to live, then that's the kind of most you can ask for. And your health, then you're yeah. doing all right. The whole thing has sort of really um, shown the divide in society between sort of uh, mm. those who uh, are well off and those who aren't and, and those with gardens and those, you know, it's a very much, it becomes almost like a possession and status thing when you see 
certain things, especially on social media. So it's just apparent, yeah. like how far uh, everyone's moving away from sort of, um, you know, normal the normalities of life, which we all expect to have. Mm, it's funny, isn't it? The social media thing sort of comes into play a lot. It, it brings out the best and and the worst of it. And I think one thing that I've I've liked about you and and I guess you kind of make reference to it in lyrics as well, and especially a bit more on the last album, is that you're sort of disdained for this um, need for like external verification and, and the social media and, and what a kind of false economy it is, you know, and how it sort of makes you vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. But like you let, let yeah, um, here we are, like all of us sort of in a forced vulnerability in a way. Yeah. And I think no one... Like you were saying uh, uh, just a, a bit ago, you know, no one ever expects it to burst their own bubble. So we're all mm. in these bubbles and no one ever expects it to burst your own mm. comfort bubble. But the, this is a pandemic, so everyone's bubbles are bursting. So Totally. And, what, and it's, sorry, go on. Yeah, I just, what, for me, I, when, and eventually when we do come out of this, I just hope that, um, you know, that, uh, there's a lot of change, especially with things like the NHS and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I hope everyone sees, like, um, how badly the NHS have been treated up to this point. And, you know, the, the fact mm. that we clap on a Thursday, for me, is a bit sinister because it's, it's as if the NHS isn't a charity. It, it's Exactly. It, you know, it should be, you know, the government should have always supported it. And it kind of buries our own insecurities by doing that, in my opinion. Um, and I just hope that people don't have short-term you know memories memories fade so like people often forget things quite quickly and I just hope people aren't going to forget how we get through this and then what what change needs to be done to make sure that uh, the world is a better place yeah I completely I think you nailed it there you know and just to kind of bring it home that the NHS really isn't a charity and, and I think it's amazing that so many people are, are raising money yeah um and uh, even you know that the war veteran um, Tom, who raised what was it, seventeen million in the end? Yeah, I mean, eight millions, yeah. Well, incre- like incredible amount of money for one person to to earn, to raise, like single handedly. But you think, how does that money physically get to the actual wards and, and the NHS? It's like how many kind of yeah. levels of red tape does it actually have to get through? Because you can't just hand over a check and it all just goes straight to dispersed to every hospital you know no and it's where where that ends up and i think with the nhs as well it's like when they they just announced one day that they're going to wipe out what 30 billion debt or something yeah and like my partner carla she's a nurse and she was like Mm -hmm. that's amazing but i'm really angry like we've been working understaffed and like not getting 13 hour shifts with no breaks for like you know all for decades and now suddenly oh it's okay we're just going to wipe that out and that you know being told that we have to save money and so it's just it just feels like you're getting lied to all the time by like you like saying no suddenly the nhs is this big thing and everyone cares about it and suddenly Mm. boris johnson has realized that they actually do work you know when he did his speech it was just embarrassing because he's come out like with his tail between his legs going oh you know what i went into the hospital and actually the nurses and doctors actually do do great stuff you know i didn't realize like how great it was and it's like, painful it, to watch, isn't yeah, it? you're it's just like, what was you thinking? Bill couldn't remember the names of those that treated him, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, you can't can't help but kind of touch on the on the politics of it. But you know, sort of, 
comeback from Checkers and made the speech today and yeah. made that reference to it being like a mugger who's been wrestled to the floor. And, and so much of it is just kind of, um, it's almost like a scene, like, you know, deleted scene from the thick of it, isn't it? Yeah. You've got, yeah, yeah. You've got script writers or, or speech writers and then you've got like the figureheads and it's sort of, the two aren't really connected, you know. No, totally. Um, and I think it's just like, obviously it's going to have, this is all having a massive effect on everyone's livelihoods and with mm. us working in music and things. Um, and yeah. it's it's important, but it, I find it hard to know what's important because, you mm. know, because I say no people who are ill or people who have died. And then mm. someone recently asked me, you know, how it's affecting the music industry. And in, in one breath, I was like, I don't give a shit about the music industry like right yeah. now because there's more people are dying you know like it's like exactly. but then at the other, in the other breath I'm like the music and how we get out there and the art the, the art we create is actually really important right now as well so well, that's it isn't it because uh, I mean you only have to kind of look online and, and turn the radio on to realize that actually this is a time when the art forms are a real solace for people yeah and just having the radio on feels like kind of having a friend there yeah totally. you know if you're isolated on your own what you're craving is like some kind of normality or some kind of familiarity and I think you know even things like six music have, have been really good because you know they've changed the schedule quite a lot and um I think like it, say, it's yeah. familiarity it's that uh, yeah comfort and it's also escapism as well and you know I, I, yeah it's such a fine line, isn't it? Because it's not a situation. I've said it to a few other guests that have come on, but it's not a situation that anybody really wants to get used to. Yet here we are. We kind of have to adapt. Like, have you? What kind of things have you been doing to sort of um, stay sane and just sort of like bridge the gap between normality and what's going on? For me, I've just been keeping to a to a routine and and trying to keep focus of like. Uh, especially in terms of like the band and stuff, just trying to really mm. uh, focus on, on where we will be after, after all this and, and making sure that those kind of plans are in place so that we can just, mm. you know, continue uh, to do what we love. Um, but I think keeping to the a, a routine and also like, it's weird, but I've been treating like weekends as weekends. So Monday to Friday, I'll do a lot of, a lot of admin and, and stuff like that to help the band out. And then a Saturday, mm -hmm. Sunday, where I'd normally probably be away on tour or gigging, especially in festival season, I've mm -hmm. sort of really treated them as, as a weekend. And that's been quite um, uh, a way of sort of releasing my anxieties and embracing and embracing sort of like the lockdown weekend. Yeah. How about you, Stuart? Yeah, I think I've, I've struggled to do what Mez has done really well, which is that thing of like having your weekdays and working and then having a weekend off. And I've actually, like I've actually still found it really hard to like know what day it is. And, and yeah, I'm same. still trying to work out to try and sort of stick to a routine. I'm kind of getting better as the weeks go on, trying to do yeah. things certain days. I think what I, I think I allowed myself to just have like a few weeks without thinking about anything like that mm -hmm. I had to do and just, I, I had to kind of get my head around it mentally and I had some like quite like low periods where I felt like really depressed and just kind of just didn't know what was going on and yeah. then and then kind of came out of that and then have have luckily managed to be creative and I've seen this opportunity to sort of upskill myself in the areas where you know like because I do a lot of design work I do photography I do music production I about that. yeah so you, I've you been doing a lot of that yeah 
um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, but not. But I guess it's given me an opportunity to get to realize the gaps and get better. And I'm mm. looking not just at my own stuff, but as the band, it's mm. it's made me realize how we're not prepared digitally for this sort of thing, and how, for instance, you know, we 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 can't just rock up and do a live stream because we don't know what we're doing with that kind of thing, and how yeah. how we need to get you know Mez involved in home recording because he's the only one who doesn't have the equipment right now and you know these but these things are really important I think and so it's given me an opportunity to think how can we be more creative remotely if you know if we are in a position like this then and be a bit more future-proof because our whole career and development and what we do is like relying on huge crowds and traveling and that that both of those things are very vulnerable right now so yeah I mean like I I get what you were saying about you know like screen music you know because it we're talking about people's lives here it's suddenly everything sort of um fades away you know in importance but it, it is everybody's livelihood totally really. yeah yeah and that's that's really stressful and worrying and it, I guess it's fine if you're in you know making millions and millions and millions you're, you're up there and you can maybe afford to not work for a year or even yeah. two years but mostly people can't on 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 that yeah, level totally. and me and mez have been like talking a lot about going back to what we did what we're good at which is creating projects doing art with the community and um mm. you know we don't want to go you know we will happily go and stack shelves in tesco's you know i'll do that if i have to do that but if i can yeah. if we can try and get some money and doing other things we're not just sat waiting for the next gig we're, we've t- looked at doing like arts funding bids and we're doing like in trying to get commissions and things like that and trying to think outside the box as creative artists to do things that are not just about being in our band you know we've done yeah, a zine I, think, I don't know if you saw the book that we've just released that. yeah I saw that earlier actually so it's like a physical zine of the the youth the Warren youth project that you you work with no actually the the zine the zine we've just done has got enough we don't work for the Warren anymore we all oh, okay all right mum's <laughs> sorry we <laughs> what we did was we did a call out for a digital zine and we called out to our community and our friends and family to say like we're doing a zine just submit something just send it in uh-huh. don't worry about it too much just send us something artwork yeah. photography writing poetry and we collated it together and we ended up with like over 100 submissions and then I started putting it together and as I was putting it together I was like this is like a 74 page book it's not a zine it's like a proper published book yeah. so then we was like we can't not print this so then we was like let's just print sort of like a limited amount and then all the profits were put into the wish charity in Hull which is it's to support the NHS in Hull around Covid but it's a separate charity so none of the money goes yeah. into the NHS it goes straight to this charity you know to sort of support yeah. people um, and, and like as Mez will probably tell you more about the writing side of it it's been like it's been overwhelming what we've received, hasn't it, Miss? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, just what Stu said, I mean, we didn't, it was just an idea that we had and we didn't expect the submissions to be so, so vast and, mm. so, and so, so great. It's not, it's not far, baby. Oh, is that, is that, is that Mini Maze? Yeah, it's Mini Maze, yeah. <laughs> hello to Simone and Stu. Do you want to say hello? Say hello. Hiya. Say hello. 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 Hiya. How are you? <laughs> Three and a half. Oh, three and a half. Yeah. Oh, bless. But yeah, <laughs> going back to what I was saying, yeah. like the the writing was, um, I was fortunate enough to sort of like whilst you was putting it together, I edited all the all the prose and all the bits that were sent in in written form, mm. and it was just 
just so great to read and so great to, to put together. I mean, like like Stu said, it, it ended up being a 74-page book and it could have been longer and we're looking at doing more volumes as, uh, yeah. to keep going. I'd love to see that. I think it's great. I mean, um, did that happen over the, the kind of period of, of, not to coin a phrase, but did that happen over the period of lockdown or was that go, it started on started a long time before this? No, it was actually a, it was actually something we did because of lockdown, really, because we knew everything right. was getting cancelled. We wanted uh-huh. to do something creative, but... Yeah. Instead of doing something that felt a bit like egotistical, like, oh, let's put our zine, yeah. zine with all of our work in it. We yeah. just kind of put it out to our, our audience and said, like, do you know, we, who wants to be part of it? Like, let's just do stuff and don't make it about us. Make it about whatever you want it to be about. It's just like a snapshot. It's spontaneous. It's not all about lockdown or the virus yeah. or it's just it's just art. You know, it's inspired by whatever people want to be inspired by. Um, but it's, it's created this amazing document i think it's brilliant yeah i think it was important for us to to, to do the zine or, or mm. probably a book really but um just because our, the band itself has um has you know we we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the community that yeah. support us and, and those that come to our gigs and those that come and, the, and this is worldwide though and, and the submissions were worldwide but you know we're very thankful um because we've had to build this trajectory and this yeah. and, and this audience organically and and, and so it, it was really important for us to sort of reach out into the community that we mm. are part of uh, and and produce this, this document this piece of art I think it's incredible that that you actually you know you, you walk the walk and you talk the talk in that sense um because we're in an era and especially yeah. a musical era where um, you know, social observation is is heavily embedded in music um, in a way that maybe it perhaps wasn't before. And um, you guys are actually doing it in in real time and helping people in in real life. You know, and, and that sense of community right now is so important. You know. Yeah, I think it's for us. It's all we've it's all we've yeah. ever known. So, you know, it's not. I guess we've we've always worked within the community. We've always been part of it we've all come all come from DIY kind of music collectives and backgrounds so so for us it's never really been a choice or like a oh you know something cool we should do or something something it's just kind of like how we survive it's how we deal with our own mental health it's how we support each other's mental health is by just um putting ourselves out there and saying right let's do this together we're not on our own and we're no different to you and you're no different to us and let's just try and make it more if we're going to go through this thing together, let's make it a bit more like um, manageable mm. and a bit, you know, a bit easier by sharing the, the burden and by by celebrating yeah, our art totally, forms. You know? Totally, I think you nailed it. I mean, um, it's kind of ironic that that your album that just got released in September, um, last September, it's called A Picture of Good Health. But I mean, it, it feels. Yeah. I mean, the con content that sounds a bit pretentious but um you know a lot of the subjects in it and, and the lyrics and, and the stuff that you talk about it, it does feel very apt for now even though there's a kind of irony in the title but it feels like um yeah. there's a lot of kind of maybe more introspection on the album as well you know well a lot of the lyrics a lot of the lyrics on that album um i wrote whilst i was feeling isolated and going through my own personal problems and it's almost come the, the writing almost is a bit, whilst it was quite personal to me, now the writing seems to be a bit more um, uh, yeah. wider, a bit more in terms of what everyone's going through 
not necessarily what I was going through, but like that feeling of being alone and being isolated. Yeah. Uh, it's almost it's almost come uh, it's almost become from being quite personal to being mm. quite um, like universal. Universal, yeah. yeah. No, I was thinking that I was, I was listening to it earlier before because I I know that the you know your first album, Popular Music, was well, you would describe it as a bit more of a sort of DIY album, I guess. It's like that was your first release, wasn't it? Yeah, that was our first release, and it was very much a collage of material because um, we never could afford to to record it in mm. in one go. Um, so the songs were very much cut and paste together, and they were very much more straight out of the book, straight out of out of the block kind of uh, garage punk songs. Whereas the second one, we we're allowed to focus uh, a lot more on ourselves and, and and create this wider music while being quite yeah. personal and true to. Did who you we are. feel that kind of pressure of? the second album thing that bands go through where, you know, the first album gets a really great reception, which it did. Like, I feel like it really put you guys on the map. Although you've been go- like together for a long time yeah. already and doing stuff. Like this album seems to have really taken you to, to the next level. I feel like, do you, do you guys feel yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, it definitely did what it needed to do and it elevated what we needed to elevate and put us in a, better situation to be able to push the band internationally and all the things that mm. we needed to do um i think we're now you know we're halfway through writing our third album and i think for me personally is bit while doing these three albums you know that especially the mm-hmm. first two i don't think i've ever felt worried about being as good as the last yeah. album because i think i feel very confident as a band i think we're we're, we're confident as songwriters we and we don't really tend to look backwards mm-hmm. we just look forward so we're, we're not worried about it sounding anything like the last album we're not worried about it fitting into the last album we just we're, all we think about is how can we make this song or this demo or this album into the best thing we can make it into right now and we will always do mm-hmm. that and that you know we can all we can do is commit ourselves to doing the best we can do and I think we don't get we don't dwell too much on you know or, or worry about what the last album did or what yeah. it might do I suppose, you know, we haven't had an, a number one album yet, so maybe then <laughs> after, you know, <laughs> after that, then that's where you go, you know. <laughs> Stu's right, though. I guess we just live in the moment, so we always write in the moment. Yeah. And so whatever's going on around us at that point in time is what is what we'll put out. And we always believe uh, so much in ourselves as a yeah. group, uh, uh, individuals contributing yeah. to that group. Um we just have fun with it, really. And, um, I think it's amazing, man. I mean, yeah. I, I just love your attitudes and your energy and the maturity that you have and the way you all connect. And you seem to all be, like, the right person for the job. Do you know what I mean? Like, you sort of, like, you all coincided at this point in time, you know. And, uh, it just feels yeah. like a really good thing. Yeah, I think we do. We don't take it for granted. You know, we know a lot of bands and we're friends with a lot of bands and we've been in a lot of bands. So although we have our, you know, we all have our individual struggles and band struggles um, and it's tough Mm. at times, but we know that we're lucky to have a band with four people that have got the intellectual maturity and the emotional Mm. maturity to actually be good friends and not kind of make each other feel like a piece of shit yeah. you know? <laughs> which it can happen a lot you know we, we're very supportive of what we do and I think we do feel lucky and fortunate that we are in a position where we all actually get along um 
and not only get along as people, but as musicians, we're very lucky that we're all we've we've all got our individual identities, but we all complement yeah. each other. I as mean, well, that's so. the dream, isn't it? It's a very lucky you position. You can't always have both. I think. Um, no, yeah. no, we know that because we've all been in lots of bands before. We know that it's almost impossible to find, you know, a group find of people that, that kind of, yeah, the link people that can like sync up, and yeah, and I think we we've only just I think we're, the reason we're so excited now about going forward is because. I think we feel like we've only just reached that point because obviously Lydia's only been with us just over she's a year, fantastic. really. A year she and has half. one of the best bass sounds. Oh my god! Yeah, she's and she's fantastic. brought a yeah, character like like if you listen to that album, you can hear it's Lydia playing the bass. It doesn't just sound like mm. a bass player. Um, and I think we've only just got to that point where all four of us have got our own characters and own sounds. And I think now, so now we feel like, right, now we're ready to go. It's a great know, like, to arrive at, yeah. isn't it? You I know. mean, so she didn't record on the first album, but she recorded on the second album. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What was the whole process of recording that second album like? Was it a sort of easy ride or or was it, you know? We Definitely know. not an easy ride, but... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think that, for me, uh, personally, anyway, that recording, we did it in two blocks of mm-hmm. two weeks in the summer. Oh. That's pretty um, sure. In the summer of the year, yeah. And it we lived as a family, so we lived in an Airbnb mm-hmm. in Tottenham um for up to four weeks. Sort of literally like a I guess like a traditional family. So we would go into the studio, record and then go back, cook some tea and have mm-hmm. a couple of beers and and then we'd do it again in the next day. And I think that really sort of like solidified our sound and our identities, like what she yeah. was mentioned you can hear on the record and it also brought us all closer to to what we were doing in terms in terms of the songs um so for me i'll always look back uh with with fond memories of of that recording process and and it's one of the reasons why i'm so proud of of a picture of good health as well yeah i think it's i mean i love i love the album i I play a lot of it on the show and i'm going to carry on playing a lot of it on the show but um another thing i was going to say is that um Obviously, we. I think the last time we all saw each other was in was it Paris when we played the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your live shows are yeah. so great. You you all just kind of get into a zone, and like the energy is just amazing. And I was just wondering, are you enjoying playing live a lot more now? Do you feel like you've found a, you kind of found a groove to get into, or things have kind of like taken on a bit of a different energy on stage? Yeah, I, I think, think we've. Yeah, sorry. Go sorry. I was just going to say, I think like we've always been a live band and and I think that's where we really sort of um, can show our, our true our true identities as well in terms of like as, a, as, an, as an artist. Um, uh, we would, it, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, we wouldn't be able to not not gig live because I think that's, that's, that's the way like the, the audience uh, consumes us best or, or sort of like, mm. sort of like, Take us in the, and it really elevates our music as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I love playing live with the band. Yeah. Yeah, I think we found we found uh, we've definitely found a a kind of way of working. But you know, it's always it's like anything that it's ever evolving. You know, you're finding new ways of interacting with each other, not just the mm. crowd. You know, we find, and we, but but we're just kind of settling in and how to, you know, we every show is yeah. different because we're still kind of on that trajectory where, you know, shows are getting better every time and tours are getting better. So we're getting better and we're interacting differently. Mm-hmm. And 
but as as musicians you know we, we're sort of sinking in better yeah. as well and when and we want to try new things you know like on the the recent single we just put out we went in and just did a standalone single and we we wanted to just play around and experiment with it and not just go down the same formulaic route you know just kind of doing a band song we wanted to introduce different things so we played around like with drum machines and all sorts of things and and created like a just something that was a bit of a playful test to see where we can go next I guess. Do you think Um, that I mean now bands obviously this year is really the rest of the year is really up in the air for for all bands like live wise and we've all had gigs cancelled and it's it's just a nightmare in that sense. But do you think it's changed how you're going to approach um, how you get your music out in the future and sort of how you connect to people maybe in more of an online mode? Like you say, to future-proof your music, do you think you'll maybe kind of take on different methods of, of getting music out there? Yeah, I think we have to. I think everybody has to. I don't think we have a choice, really. We have to. We can't be ignorant to the way the world's going. I think even before all this happened, we was all very aware of our carbon footprint and like, you know, using plastic water bottles at gigs and, you know, just these little things that you're kind of constantly thinking, should we Mm. be doing that? You know, we could, we all come from kind of like underground DIY kind of punk backgrounds. So we we're very aware of, you know, the world and the people around us and how we impact it. Um, And we feel guilty about it as well, you know? So I think this is just another reason for us to feel, like we've got responsibility as well to kind of like embrace more and and it's not just about the, you know a disease going viral mm. like this has happened it's also made made us think about accessibility in yeah. general so yeah. you know why why if we're touring all year round why shouldn't we be doing more live stream gigs where people can watch it from their living rooms people that can't leave the houses or people that don't want to leave the houses you know or can't afford to or got other various barriers yeah. in their life you know we should be doing that anyway so I think it's an exciting opportunity, isn't it, to think about that? Whilst it's such a horrendous, such a horrendous situation, I think if anything, it's taken a lot of blinkers off off how people see the world and 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 what's going on in the world as well. Yeah. uh, Hopefully, there's less tunnel vision now. Yeah. uh, In whatever industry, in whatever sector you work within and live with, I think. um, I hope. Hopefully, there's that sort of. almost non almost sort of it's hard to explain but it's almost, non-discriminatory isn't it yeah yeah exactly yeah like we're all in the same situation now and i don't think that that's what i've noticed as well it's like we're as a country or whatever we're we're as vulnerable now as a third world country yeah. because of this disease um and i think that's what people have realized like oh shit we're not we're not more necessarily more powerful or stronger we, we're all in this and it might might make people, like you said, like Mez just said, set the blinkers off and think, actually, this is one world and we are all kind of in it together and we all impact each other. Yeah. Whatever we do impacts yeah, each other. Yeah, and I feel like um, maybe we got to a point in humanity where we thought we were a bit untouchable and, you know, we had the war and that's done and all these other things that happen in other countries, you know, yeah. we're on this little island and, and we do maybe maybe some of us are guilty of thinking we're a bit untouchable and we just carry on living our lives like there's no consequence and it's maybe it's brought the thought of that it's kind of backfired on us you know you can't you can't do any of those things that we just take for granted you know yeah i think yeah. especially for the western world i think you know um 
it's a massive wake up call for for that sort of like sense of invincibility and that sense mm. of uh, it would never happen to to us. We're far too fortunate, but you know that's not the case. And uh, and like yeah. Stu says, this is universal. Isn't it? Yeah. And the one thing, I, the one thing I hope is that uh, the um, the sort of uh, gap in 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 the in how everyone is living is reduced from this, and everyone becomes a lot mm. more uh, responsive to, to to other people's needs. Yeah, I completely agree. Have you felt the kind of um, the sort of rallying together of people in the music industry? I feel like there's a lot of support of wanting to kind of um, cross reference different parts of the industry, like like you know, save the music venues, save the record shops, save the labels, um, even just helping to stream stuff to to make people more aware of albums and stuff and like if you kind of felt that yeah i thought I, I think i yeah. have yeah i've seen a lot of camaraderie kind of thing of people just sort of sharing stuff as well like sharing links sharing mm. opportunities yeah so if there's opportunities to get money you know to get support people sharing it rather than keeping yeah. it quiet you know talking about it um and also like it's and the people that have got money and can afford to mm. kind of not work um, spending more money, you know, yeah. buying merchandise off people. In, you know, even myself, you know, I've I've been worried about money, but I've still been buying vinyl and buying buying sort of like when an artist pops up with a new release, I'm like, I'm gonna buy it because I know that right Same. now is really important, you know, because because you can't tour it or whatever. So, yeah. um, it's just about being being more aware. I think people are more aware now, especially music fans are more aware of how how bands survive, how totally. artists survive. Yeah. And how important how important their investment and time is in that. I think that's often taken for granted that a, a band like us will just play and just tour mm. indefinitely unless we split up. Like the, I think there's never really an awareness of how we survive and how we pay Massively. the bills. You know? yeah. And that we we play the O2 with Kaiser mm-hmm. Chiefs to, you know, thousands of people, but we're still going home. Yeah, skin, I, you know? yeah I think like, it kind it of doesn't... destroys that illusion that people think that when you just because you're on tour, you might be in a magazine that you're absolutely minted and you're fine. And in, in reality, yeah. you're just standing and living like like everyone else, you know. Yeah, yeah. and often not, yeah. you know, and trying to you're running out like a a band like us who's in there, you know, you've only recently gone full time. You know, we we run at a loss constantly. Like we, you know, if you looked at it as a business, we're running at a loss. Yeah. You know? But that's an investment. That's how that's how every small business starts. You've got to invest, and so I think yeah, it's not going to just we don't we're not just going to be t- we're not just going to play music just because mm. we love it. Like just because well, we're not going to be able to survive playing music just because we love it is what I mean. Um, but we always know we've got to do other things. We've got to be creative to pay the rent. We're not just relying on the band, and we w- we could compromise the band to make more money, but we're not going to do that either. Yeah, you know? I mean, you say you just in the you're kind of starting to write the third album, which I guess. Seeing the the last yeah. one came out in September, to us it's obviously it still feels really brand new. To me, it still feels new, but I guess to you guys, yeah. like that was done and dusted a, a while ago. Do you do you think any of this stuff going on yeah. now is going to inform those lyrics or that music? I don't mean writing like the coronavirus blues or anything like that. I just mean like <laughs> this whole current climate. Do you feel there's a mood that you might enter it? Yeah. Totally, yeah. I think. I mean. Um, specifically sort of like lyrically because I, I write most of the lyrics but like I think because I write in the moment it's always gonna 
it might not necessarily reference the exact point, but that's going to be channeling through me anyway. Um, uh, just, just because that's how we do it and how as a band we've always sort of written. Um, I think there will be elements of, 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 of what our environment that we're currently mm. in etched into the album at, at, in some yeah. way. And Mez, obviously you're the singer, you're the front person. Uh, are, you, um, are you doing any like, thinking of doing any live stream like gigs in your bedroom or something like that or singing into the mirror or <laughs> you think like to like what are you doing to sort of replace that <laughs> adrenaline like of, of live shows <laughs> i know i i'm I, well i'm struggling to sort of replace that adrenaline yeah. if i'm being honest um uh i've tried to keep active in terms of like going for runs and stuff like that and trying to like actually like get some of my uh physical energy out yeah get it out because like that's what that's what i live off Uh, yeah yeah like i was saying before with like how we're creating like me lydia and mick are all kind of like we all produce music and we can use like logic and things like that to make music so we're kind of throwing demos into a shared folder and which finding what we're finding ways of like collaborating without seeing each other like we've realized you know like for Mez, he's been going a bit mad because like he hasn't got that set up at home. So we realize usually what we do is we put a demo down and Mez will jump on the mic and we'll just like vibe it out. But I guess this is making us realize, and I know Mez has said to me a few times, he's like, whenever I, we send him a demo, he's like, oh, I, just, I want to get on the mic now. I want to jump in there. And he, he must be getting really frustrated that yeah, he can't, that part, he can't yeah. commit to it. It's great. It's great because Stu and Mick and Lydia are amazing at sort of like, putting down those beats and loops and yeah. stuff like that. But for me, I'm sort of like, I keep sending like Word documents through of like, you know, 20 pages of lyrics, but like, it means really, it, until until um, until the gang can actually hear me deliver them, that it's just a word, you know what but I it's mean? But so, uh, yeah. it's great that you're getting all that out. Like when you say you're writing pages and pages of lyrics, that's that makes me happy yeah. to hear, because you know, that's, that's what you do. And it's good that that's still there, that instinct. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll never stop doing that. And and if anything, I've probably written more. Uh, so which just means that when we do get to cut and paste them on over what Stu and, and Lydia and Mick have been doing, it just means that um, the content will be even will be even uh, uh, yeah. even richer. You can do that verbiciser thing that Bowie used to do, where you got so many words, you just cut them up and sort of like just put random ones together. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I like to do yeah. stuff like that and, and in various projects with, with young people where we, we looked at um, writing like that as well. Um, just because it's a cool way of sort of experimenting with what you've originally yeah. put down. So are you directly involved with um, the, the community stuff that you do? I mean, when you say like writing with young people in the community, are you like doing groups where you do like little songwriting sessions, things like that? Obviously, me and Stu used to do that quite a lot. Uh, I only I only gave up work in um, August mm. of last year, literally a week before the album wow. came out. Uh, I was still working, uh, and, and Stu had only left a couple of months yeah. before then. Um, That's pretty hardcore having uh, full time jobs and touring and doing all that and already having released an album. That's that's yeah. pretty hectic. Well, I think it goes back to what Stu was saying, and like that was the reality of being yeah. in a band like a without without major backing that is the reality you've got to uh, you've got to work to live and live to yeah. work so um that, that that's kind of what we were doing but again like again going back to what Stu says you know whilst whilst we have been on in lockdown we've we've written a few bids 
a few project ideas, sorry, uh, uh, that would look at us working in the community again as, as our own, I guess, as, as life and sort of build that community aspect around mm. the band um, from what we used to work with and build that also around the band. Uh, you know, that, that was one of our, and, and still is one of our massive strengths, so, you know, to build that around the recording process and around the, the live element of what we already do, but to also build in some outreach yeah. work you know we would be you know we're very That's happy amazing to that. I, I just got so much respect for that you know um is there any music that's actually helped to lift your spirits at this time and that, i don't mean that in the cliche way like hey what album's getting you through lockdown but is there any kind of music that <laughs> actually is helping you or, or an artist that you might have discovered uh, that you might not have done otherwise I've been going back to sort of like music that I used to listen to when I was sort of, uh, well, still kind of young. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So like going back to bands that influenced me when I was in my first band and listening back to their back catalogs again, sort of like reminding me of how how I used to uh, embrace music and how I like got so excited by those kind of bands in that era. Uh, so I've been going back to a lot Amazing. of that and again i've also been listening to a lot of radio and, and stuff like that because of the familiarity like you said i think that's been quite a, a good thing for me who were some of the bands that that really kind of um put you on the right track i guess i was in a band called the neat and when we were uh sort of 2008 to 2011 i we used to sort of like play around with bands like these new puritans mm -hmm. and did you um, do a gig with you did do a gig uh, with the fall didn't you yeah, we did a, we did three gigs with the fall, and again, I've been listening to a lot of the fall because obviously Mark yeah. Smith, especially in the way his lyrics has has been a massive influence on on the, yeah, he's um, amazing. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of stuff like the fall, and then a lot of bands that sort of were around on the scene when I was when I first got into gigging, so uh, Xerox teams or they became XX teams, mm. and uh, uh, these new and and those kind of bands just sort of like. Because it kind of reminded me of like that. It kind of sort of just made me want to sort of like uh, channel that energy yeah. again from from being young to, and, and and not caring about uh, yeah getting lost in my hedonism and like and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's. Does it? Did, how does it feel to kind of get on stage and just like? lose all of that kind of mind that headspace that you have in a normal day-to-day -day life do you feel like there's a sort of a different different sort of energy that you step into yeah I feel like um it's sort of a way of releasing the inner person mm. in me because I'm very different to, on stage I'm so much I'm so it's such a contrast how I am in in my normal day to day yeah. life. It's always been part of me because I've always wanted to be in a band. I've never ever wanted to do anything else other than being yeah. on stage. Um, so I guess it's just a way of me sort of like living that and uh, and just being taken to a different place. And I can't really explain what it is like to be on yeah. stage other than the fact that it's that place that I always wanted to yeah. be. Yeah. Well, um, all my favorite artists and like especially front people they they have this kind of like duality where they they are a very different persona on stage and that to me is when you know it's for real and it's natural and it's not forced because there's just this energy that like comes off them where 
that, that it's almost like you know they are just kind of I don't know like they have stepped into this energy and they're sort of just releasing this kind of vibe and um yeah I, I got that from watching you guys you know it's um you're you guys are really exciting to see like your album is really exciting to listen to but also you're you're a really exciting band to watch you know all of you doing your thing um but yeah I think uh, hopefully that hopefully that's because hopefully it's like any artist you know in any genre really mm. if it's if it's from the right place and it's it's real and it's believable then yeah you know you can smell a rat can't you from a mile off yeah you know, totally you can tell if you can I've seen some bands that some bands that are like the best bands you know literally like ama- amazing players mm. and they look great but there's just something that's, that you can smell a rat you're like I don't think this is you you know I think yeah. you're trying too hard or you're trying to be someone else or and you can just tell them you can't really put your finger on what that is mm. but you can just tell and I, I, you know it's good it's good to hear when people say that we did they believe what we do and they believe that it's real and genuine and that we're not trying to you know force anything or trying to be anyone else we're just trying to celebrate who we are mm. and and enjoy ourselves as well we think you know we think it's important to in, enjoy ourselves we've we've played gigs to you know five mm. people in the same week we've played gigs to five thousand people yeah. you know but we'll play the same we'll play the same gig and we'll have a exactly. great time because that otherwise you know what's the point yeah. you know a lot of other people could be on that stage so if we're not going to enjoy it mm. then Get the fuck off. No, no, I'm totally <laughs> with you. I'm totally, totally with you. I mean, a gig's a gig, do you know what I mean? Um, uh, what have been some yeah. of your sort of, you talk about playing to five people or 5,000 and, and, you know, I'm sure many, many more, but um, what have been some of the recent highlights that have kind of stuck out for you? Oh, well, Rockaway Beach was a really great start mm. to the year. Um that was a really cool little festival at mm-hmm. Butlins, and we kind of came back. Is that back in January? Sorry? Or yeah, oh, yeah. It was our fir- it was our first gig of the year after we'd not we'd not played for like ages, and I went to Australia for a month over Christmas to see my sister and my partner. Well, we only got off tour in December. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we'd we'd not we'd not seen each other or played together for wow. over a month. Yeah. And then we just like landed on we landed on stage in Butlins and it was one of the best it was one of the best gigs we've done in ages. Yeah, we were, I think and... we were playing sort of mid afternoon, yeah. uh, mid afternoon in 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 their main hall, and then um, but the anticipate we it was one of the first times that I felt sort of like the anticipation to sort of like really see us in a big mm. venue because it felt like we were on the headlines flot and it. Mm. Um, it really did, and it was only three o'clock. I think we drew one of the biggest crowds. It, it, the, the whole festival had that uh, uh, during the full yeah. weekend, um, uh, and we've just confirmed to go back uh, uh, in a in a really good slot for next year. So, um, you know, that like Stu says, that was a great moment. I, obviously, going on tour with idols across Europe last year was 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 great for us. Not just because. Um, it was some great venues, but obviously they're great friends of ours, so it was really nice to to hang out, especially in York with them. Um, it's a great, it's a great but, uh, sort of pairing. And, of, and, um, and Glastonbury last year, we, we, oh yeah. Oh, I lost you a little bit there. Yeah. Well, we broke back. Glastonbury. Sorry. Yeah. I was gonna, okay. was a, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Going on tour with idols because. Oh, I lost you again. <laughs> <It's> gone. <laughs> sorry. 
going on tour with idols was great. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll do my best Mez impression. Going on, going on tour with idols. Ah, oh, yeah, that was good. What was that? Yay! All right, go on, son. Hello? Hello, you back? Hello, am I still? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're still in. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. Yeah. Going on tour with idols was ace because just because they're, they're, they're close. <laughs> we, I might label this in just because of the comedy value. I'm totally lost. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> right. Basically, all you need to know is we had some great gigs last year. It was a wicked year. We had some really good times. Idols were great. We had a really good time with them. Glastonbury. Yeah. Glastonbury was fun. <laughs> Glastonbury was good. That was our first time. Was it your first Glastonbury last year, Liz? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Is it the first yeah. time? Our first one as a band, yeah. Ah, but you've been like. Was the first? No, we haven't even been. But you just, the first time you went, you played it, right? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, and it was brilliant. Yeah, it was great. We had a great time. We want to go back, oh. obviously. Were you, uh, were you due to play it this year or not? Because they don't do it like this. I don't know. We, we were no, in, we'd not had a confirmation, uh, but we was kind of like hopeful. We was hopeful. Not had a confirmation. Yeah, we were hopeful. We was actually this year. We was actually down for headlining this year, but it's been cancelled <laughs> now. So. Um, we had to we had to turn it down. You, you would know. make an amazing headline up for Glastonbury, so don't joke. Yeah, well, that's that's what they said. Yeah. That's what they said. I mean, yeah. you know what, what I mean, they said. They were like, like, "Do you know what? It's, happened. it's happened. Yeah. It's just sod's law that it got cancelled." Yeah, but you know, we'll we'll see that's... if we can still make it work. I uh, I totally, <laughs> totally see that happening. Is Mez? Is Mez? Are you still here? Have you turned into a sort of a robot, or are you still here? No, still here, Do you know what it is? Yeah. Right. I'll tell you a fact about Mezzi's Wi Fi. <laughs> he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't that, pay for his. The, the problem is, yeah, go on. Mez does, Mez does not pay for his broadband, right? He moved into this flat and it's above it's above an ice cream shop and he just steals their <laughs> Wi Fi. So he gets his free ice cream Wi Fi. So obviously they'll be like, you know, they'll be rinsing it doing the online orders or yeah. whatever. And, he, and he's just trying Mez, to do can this. Can you like nip down yeah. to the shop and like steal ice cream during the day? No, not really, but I just steal their internet. Internet's, good. internet's better for your physique. I'll get it in a <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, that's a nightmare having a three-year-old son living above an ice cream shop. Well, yeah, every time every time <laughs> we go outside, he wants oh, one. Oh, bless him. <laughs> that's just one of the joys of being a little human, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, kind of finishing up, I'm going to let you... Get get on with with your days. Um, I mean, a lot I could talk to you for ages, but um, I'm asking this to everyone. If let's just say it is kind of over. I know there's not like an over point, but let's say you know the last person's had virus and recovered. Let's take a positive slant on it. Um, and you can put on your own gig to sort of celebrate. And it's you. It's basically five acts. One of them can be you because obviously you're going to be dying to play live. But who are the other four that you choose to put on the bill? Oh, you've done it, haven't you? On the spot, and there's, there'll be free ice cream there as well. So you know, and and great Wi-Fi, mate. So, oh, there we go. <laughs> I think, yeah. So four of her acts yeah. that we play with. 
alive as well. Don't do the Jimi Hendrix thing or the Miles oh. Davis. Like, it might happen, you know. <laughs> um, um, come on, then, give us a minute. Are you going first, Stu? I always feel like if you go first, then I'll think of something. We'll give you a minute to oh, yeah, think, and then Stu can go. Pressure, no pressure. Um, um, let me think. Well, well it, be a, it, it, it wouldn't be a party without without you, Simone. So I guess oh. you know the screen. The screen would have to get involved. Yeah, right. get the screen so on there. Arm, then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then, yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd really like I'd really like Jenny Beth to play because I've not. She's she's so lovely, and she's a great like, and her music's so great, and I've always admired her as a musician, but I've never seen her perform live. Oh, okay. Ever. Not even with savages or anything. Oh. So, and a new music like live sounds intense. So I think. Oh my I'd god! Love to I see went Jenny to Beth. see. Uh, I'm not trying to just have yeah. a reunion here. We just have a. Basically, <laughs> that is what I'm talking about. Like, who should we just like put everyone on the bill? So we just have a massive party. But her new stuff is incredible. I went. I went to see. Um, I went to see the new stuff that she did oh, with Johnny, yeah. and uh, wow, it's like super dark and intense and very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. You I would back, I would back that up. So we've so we've already got the screen. We've got we've got Jenny Beth. Um, I guess like I guess the 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 inner sort of six form Mez would would like to see the strokes on the bill. Nice, yeah, Ooh, yeah. they're great. I love them. especially with their new record being uh, being out and and actually uh, reminding me of. The old strokes, strokes of old. So maybe the strokes. It's a kind of like a return to form for the strokes album. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I've re I've really enjoyed listening to it. Um, I can't I can't say there's anything that they've done I've not liked. To be fair, I just like their sound. Yeah, there were a couple of albums that I didn't wasn't too sold on, but I mean, I just I love them. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm never going to be like, oh. Yeah. But the last album's great. Oh. The new abnormal. Figure that out. Yeah. Do you know, so, so do you know, Mez? Do you know we need we need opening up then Who? of this gig? My uncle Stan. <laughs> oh yeah, right. My uncle Stan's just done his first album. Oh, He's just done his first album at seventy years old. I saw you post this on Instagram. Just tell me a bit more about this. And he's right. He's just he's a he's a hilarious yeah. guy. He's like funny. He's like everyone knows him down the weekly market. You know, he's just that guy. He he always wears controversial t-shirts to just piss people <laughs> off and he's just a funny he's just a funny guy but he's got really sensitive in his old age and my my mum died about four years ago mm. his sister and then he he just got inspired to like be and he got really bad lung disease and he's got like a really bad stomach so he just did his first open mic night oh. and now he's releasing and now he's releasing his first album at 70 but i just think he'd say some really poignant yeah. stuff it says some really poignant stuff and he'd be like and he won't give a shit who was famous yeah. and who weren't famous. He'd just well, have really, really offend the audience. So that yeah, he'd just have a really good time and then just like, won't care <laughs> I who anyone was. Yeah. I love that idea. There you well, go. Uncle Stan, imagine there. Uncle Stan opening up for the strokes. Brilliant. In, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love it. But draw up the flyers. Mez, you do, all the, you do a lot of the admin stuff, you said. So maybe you can kind of work on a flyer for that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get yeah, it. Mez's, Mez's design skills are second to none. <laughs> Who was the front cover of the the album? Is it like a? I'm thinking it's like Heinz tomato soup. Is that what it is? Yeah, that, yeah it is. 
It, it is nice tomato soup, and it's our friend um, called Bobby Bobby Beasley. He owns a vintage shop in in Hull, one of like one of the longest standing vintage yeah. shops here. Uh, but he's a great photographer, and it's actually his is it his dad do holding that? Yeah, yeah, it's his dad's arm. Yeah, um, we just thought it sort of really reflected uh, a lot of the lyrics and sort of like the isolation of I guess me being a, a lone parent in a flat. It really reflected that mm. sort of whole sort of uh, theme that went through the album, and 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 it's a great photo. Yeah, yeah, and staple food tomato soup is just staple, isn't it's it? It's a classic. You know where you stand with it. It's not too pretentious. It just does it's, the job. Yeah. It's great. It's good, but it's not great, always great. It's just there. It's like beans on toast. You yeah. just know what you're going to get. I'll tell you what, the Heinz tomato soup, I mean, if you ever have a hangover, it's the one, isn't it, really? Wow. That is the one. When you can't face solid it's, food, but you want something really tasty and maybe not, yes. you know, super. It's got enough sugar and salt in it to drag you out exactly. your hangover. Yeah, exactly. We know these things, man. That's we, what it is. We know these things, don't we? It's like, you know. Yeah. University of life type shit. Yeah, take it <laughs> on the road, yeah, early days. Well, look, i got to say thank you so much for joining me. And um, I'm a well, little bit envious that you live above an ice cream shop, but um, I guess my ass is, I, my ass is probably <laughs> thankful that I don't. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I just wish you so much good health, literally. That wasn't a pun on your album, by the way. I can't believe I just said that. Um, <laughs> I uh, I really and I'm so excited to hear you know what's what you're going to be doing in the future musically and um and everything. Do you have a little message for your fans or any advice for other bands or other musicians that are feeling a little bit lost and kind of um out on a limb at the moment? Yeah, take take time to take care of yourself. Don't feel like you have to be on this productivity pawn wagon where you've got to do stuff yeah. all the time chill out look after each other and stay switched yeah. on yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey i like it right it like gets that in, it? hey it's a yeah. freaking great track well yeah thank you um so congratulations on the brilliant album and uh i just uh i look forward to hanging out with you in real life guys yeah yeah we hopefully uh grab a beer together soon yeah all right yeah, thanks I'll speak for to you soon